himself. Looking, looking, going to the middle of the field, has a man for the touchdown. We're at the finish line, folks. Week 21 edition of CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. On Instagram at AndyMCSports. Yeah, the regular season, it's done. It's done after this week. And then playoffs and CFL Weekly will have you covered all the way through to the Grey Cup. And then a recap show at the end of that. So we got you the entire way because this has been one of the more fascinating, unpredictable regular seasons in recent CFL memory. One thing that is very predictable, though, folks, is the great taste of Domino's Pizza. We are delivered by Domino's. Go grab yourself a loaded medium feast pizza for just ten ninety nine. If you haven't tried the marbled cookie brownie for dessert, do it. Please do it. Let me know how you like it on Twitter at AndyMC81. They got pasta, boneless chicken for dessert, all the pizza. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. Try it out. Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca on the program today to help wrap up the year. Who else? Dave Naylor. Our terrific CFL TSN insider to go over all the different scenarios and update on the Halifax expansion situation. And we'll revisit Wally Buono, head coach of the BC Lions, entering his last year. We spoke to him at the beginning of the season. They made the playoffs by a whisker in the crossover game. This will be the last regular season home game for Wally Buono, so I wanted to revisit. And he was so great to chat with, just the stories, his legacy, the legend that is Wally Buono. So that's a real treat. We're going to revisit that and uh, and get into all the, the news and notes from around the league. But first, we got the playoff scenarios. There's only one real thing that can happen this week as far as playoff seeding. It, it took the second last week of the season to actually get this thing all done and figure out who's going to be playing where. But... In the West Division, one more thing to sort out. With a Calgary win or tie, the Stampeders clinch first place in the West Division and will host the Western Final on November 18. In this scenario, Saskatchewan will host the Western Semifinal versus Winnipeg on November 11. Now, a Calgary loss, remember Saskatchewan's on the bye this week. It means the Rough Riders clinch first place. And what a story that would be. Even the, They got 12 wins. We'll get to that later. They got to the 12 wins. With the type of quarterback play and offensive line production that they've had, it's remarkable. But if Calgary loses, Rough Riders on the bye, Saskatchewan. The green and white delight clinch first place in the West. They'll host the Western Final, and Calgary will then play Winnipeg. East Division's all set, of course. Ottawa, first seed there on the bye. Hamilton is going to be playing the BC Lions. So there you go. And I want to get to our poll question here before we get to uh, three downs. And I'll ask Dave Naylor this question as well. As the CFL regular season wraps up, which of the below has been the most surprising? So our Domino's Canada show poll for Week 21 of CFL Weekly. You can vote at AndyMC81, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Which has been the most surprising this season? The Argos missing the playoffs, so the defending Great Cup champs, not even in the postseason. Bye. Argos missing the playoffs. Is that the most surprising? Is Johnny Manziel the trade to Montreal and... Him playing and starting with the Alouettes, is that whole Manziel situation the biggest surprise how that all played out? Is it the Eskimos finishing in last and missing the playoffs? They finished in last place. Edmonton would never have guessed that with all the weapons they had. Is that the most surprising? Or 12 wins and, well, second place right now for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Could, could be first. 
the way the Rough Riders have come with 12 wins with all the... Do you remember Deron Carter? Do you remember Deron Carter? Yeah, man. Hey, playing him defensive back, they looked in shambles. And they got 12 wins. Which is the most surprising? Argos missing the playoffs. Manziel trade to Montreal. Eskimos finished last. 12 wins for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Also on the show today, some CFL fantasy talk with Ben Kramer. Now, Ben's from Daily Roto. We chatted with him last week. Had a great time with him. And they're going to be taking the playoff game in, or the CFL fantasy game, into the postseason. So we're going to get some strategies, some tips, as you get ready to play, whether that's on DraftKings or whether that's on the TSN.ca CFL game. But let's get to the news and notes. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. All right, and first down, entering the last week of the CFL season, we finally know the playoff seeding. Interesting is that the Great Cup host city in Edmonton is out of the playoffs. The defending champs, the Argonauts, did not qualify for the postseason. The CFL on TSN panel, Derek Taylor, Matt Dunnigan, Milt Stiegel, and Davis Sanchez discuss which scenario is more embarrassing. Davis kicks it off. Argos, for sure. They don't have to show up to Edmonton. The, the Eskimos, they got to be there all week. Yeah. They planned a year ago their parties and all their obligations. Definitely the Eskimos. Davis, I agree with you, and I don't care <laughs> who it is. The defending champions need to be back there as close in the playoff. I, I believe that it's the Toronto Argonauts for sure. Well, for me, it's Edmonton, like David said. I mean, they have to be there all week, and people are going to be asking them, you got to yes! make the no, playoff. No, you didn't even make the, the playoff. Uh, I don't you want don't your autograph. That's a big problem. The Argos going to be in Florida. All right, moving on. <laughs> Calgary, do they need the number one seed to get back to the Grey Cup? Milt Stiegel. Yes, they do. They're not the Calgary of old, and if they have to play two games and one of those games, possibly not at home. Look, I don't think season, they make it to the Grey Cup. This season has been up and down for a lot of football uh-huh. teams. Calgary's going through it now. Once they get on that up, they're good to go. I don't care where they play. They, mm. They'll be fine. Uh, they, need, they need that but because they'll probably lose two receivers to injury in the West <laughs> semifinal. So they need the bus. Got to go to Regina Healthy if you do. All right, let's move on. Second down. For second down, the Lions are the crossover team. They'll be facing Hamilton in the East semifinal. Question is... Which quarterback would you rather have leading your team in the East playoffs? BC's Travis Lule, Ticats Jeremiah Masoli, or Ottawa's Trevor Harris? The CFL on TSN panel debates. Maddie, what quarterback do you want? No Trevor question. Harris, no question. Jeremiah Masoli, Travis Lule. Not even question. Jeremiah Masoli. Why? Because he can do it all. Ooh. He's healthy. He doesn't get hurt. I'm going Jeremiah Masoli. One off. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. And, and, and at first, I was going to go with Trevor Harris, mm. but he's just too erratic. Yeah. When he's yeah. on, up and down. he's on, but yeah. when he's off, That's he's right, off. Guys. And Jeremiah could use those right, big legs. That's right. Too. Omit the one guy who's been there and done it before. Uh, no, 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 no. Former uh, outstanding uh, player. He's a broken down golf cart and for me at this point I'd probably go with Jeremiah Masoli the Ticats with a, a, a very close second to Travis Lule. I love Trevor Harris I've been a Trevor Harris proponent and and chest thumper the whole season guy hasn't been consistent I think he has the tools to be but he hasn't been consistent enough so I think with Jeremiah Masoli, we've seen him overcome so much, and Travis Lule is a bit more injury-riddled, so I will give a slight edge to Jeremiah Masoli. Let's move. 
third down. Third down. Well, anonymous rumors came out last week that Johnny Manziel's Montreal teammates did not like him. During the Alouette's 40-10 blowout win against Toronto, Manziel and offensive lineman Tony Washington were yelling at each other on the sidelines. This doesn't concern Matt Dunnigan. That's football. Yeah, he's a big man, but that's football. I mean, they're competing, right? And, and tempers flare, and you kiss and you make up. And we mm. saw that. That, and that is not a big deal. Happens all the time. I'm Your lineman yell at you? Oh, yeah, and I yell <laughs> right back. Right? No, but that, that is just part of the deal. That is, I mean, I, I was not upset with this. I, I didn't read anything into it. Happens in every, pos- every position. They're trying yeah. to compete, man. Yeah. This is a big boy game, and a lot of things are set out there, things that you don't want to even repeat. But uh, this is not a big deal, and I like to see that they made up a little later on. All part of the game. It, it happens. You have coaches and players, players and trainers, owners. It's just a little bit of everything. It goes with the game. It comes with the game. Game, practice, locker room wherever you may be, yeah. it's going to happen. You know, you have a lot of male t- testosterone, testosterone, testosterone. Yeah. You, you, you have pride coming into play. So all these things are coming there into play. Is. But There's see, right they made there. up. It, it's really no big deal. No big deal. The, the, reports, the reports this week that came out unfairly that, that uh, some of his teammates had not liked him and, and from an anonymous source, that's unfair. So that makes mm-hmm. us look deeper into it, I think. And that's, that's the reality of it as well. But uh, I don't think, and, and it's showed by putting Pipkin in the second half, I don't think they're sold on Johnny as their guy. All right, so there you go, folks. Make sure you vote on our poll question as well at AndyMC81. Which of these scenarios is the most surprising as the CFL regular season wraps up? Argos missing the playoffs. Manziel trade to Montreal. Eskimos finishing last. 12 wins in second place so far for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll take the break. Some CFL Fantasy Talk with Daily Roto's Ben Kramer. That is next here on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. CFL Weekly rolling along across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. You miss any of the show, you can go to iTunes to get it or your local TSN radio show page. Scroll down, you'll see CFL Weekly, or again, it'll be on my Twitter at AndyMC81. And we're delivered by Domino's. And folks, you got to check this out. Piece of the Pie Rewards program. Free to sign up. You go to Domino's.ca, you'll see it. Piece of the Pie Rewards. This is what you do. I do it every week, okay? All you do is you sign up for free, and then every time you order Domino's Pizza online at dominoes.ca, make sure you're signed in, and for every order that's $10 or more, you get 10 points. At 60 points, you get free pizza. That means free pizza. So they're paying you essentially to get pizza. You're being rewarded for ordering pizza with more pizza. Phenomenal idea. Pizza the Pie Rewards. Try it out. Start it this week. I do it every week. I can't tell you how many pizzas I've gotten for free. At dominoes.ca, that's dominoes.ca. Well, last week of the regular season, and this makes playing fantasy football, whether it's NFL or CFL, very, very tricky. Who's resting who? What's going to go on as far as effort level from the players? Very tricky stuff. I bring on Daily Roto's Ben Kramer to take us through this. Ben, so that being said, what 
strategy or tips can you give to fantasy players on, all right, you, you, let's say you, know, you, you have a, a great team, but they're going to be waiting for the playoffs, and there's a risk that people get sad. Is there any kind of general wisdom you can depart on us? I think the biggest wisdom for CFL contests, any fantasy really, is be the one that keeps their eyes on the depth charts as they're released. There's a lot of people who like to get lazy and just set their wine up early in the week and hope for the best. But this week, more than any other week, you have to be on top of things on Thursday and Friday when all eight teams' depth charts get released. Because some of the players that we're looking at right now as being the top projected players on the week might not even play at all, given that we've got seven out of the eight teams that have absolutely nothing to play for this week. It was nice in week 20 to have so many teams that were still in it, but the way the games broke, Calgary is the only one left with anything to play with, and so just about everybody else might be in rest mode. And I would think Calgary would have to go full tilt here against BC, right? Like, they want that first seed. I would imagine that everybody they're having is going to be going full tilt, and Nobody's going to be taking a rest this week. The issue is going to be is that their offense has been so out of sync for the last month or so that it's kind of unfortunate they're the only ones that you can really rely on because a lot of their production really has been less than consistent for the last four weeks here. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a bit has been a bit unpredictable. What's always interesting to me, too, is the teams that are out of it and have been out of it for a while, how they finish. For example, the Toronto Argonauts, the Montreal Alouettes, and shockingly, the Edmonton Eskimos. When you look at those type of teams, these are guys who are going to be playing for jobs. So presumably they should be playing pretty hard. Do you put any value on that type of thinking? So let's say, you know, for, for the Argos, maybe you go a little heavier on the Argos or uh, uh, Alouettes in certain cases. Yeah, I try and stay off of narrative street as much as mm. I possibly can when I'm making fantasy decisions, but it certainly gives you a little bit more interest in the players that are likely going to be getting full playing time at the very least on some of those squads. James Franklin has been a Week 21 hero before. I think it was mm-hmm. two years ago. He and Brandon Zilstra hooked up for three or four touchdowns in the last week versus Montreal in a game that didn't mean anything. And they were both also Rams in the entire rest of the season, but it's the ones that get playing time that wind up doing the production. So in this last week, yeah, certainly look at somebody like James Franklin, who gets a matchup with Ottawa, and Ottawa has a good record, but it turns out that they actually give up the most plays per game to opposing offenses, so Franklin might get a few more opportunities as long as he can get the full playing time that we're expecting. And for Montreal, it's looking like Stanback has the full load in their backfield, and he's priced up now a little bit more on TSN, up over 6K, but he still projects as a reasonable value and should get a reasonable amount of volume against a Hamilton rush defense that gives up a fair bit of yardage on the ground. Yeah, well, the TSN CFL fantasy game has taken into account your James Franklin comment. Ninety three hundred bucks for James. Yeah, Franklin. that's a little wild. Oh, that's uh, that's a bit pricey. I'm thinking maybe. And again, as you said, great tip. Keep an eye on the depth chart. Each team, if if our listeners are on Twitter, uh, go to their go to their Twitter. Uh, your team's Twitter. They will tweet out the depth chart there, or go to the website. So. Keep an eye on that. But what about for Winnipeg? I'm sure they don't want Matt Nichols getting banged up. Chris Strebler at 7700 bucks might be an okay play if the depth chart kind of produces uh, that scenario. Yeah, especially 
one of the lowest salaries for any quarterback on the slate for Matt Nichols. If he plays, he's probably the best value out there. And if he doesn't, yeah, Chris Strebler at just over 7K is still a pretty good idea to go at. Edmonton gives up a lot of yardage through the air. They've turned out and they've regressed even worse this year than they had previous seasons. Usually they could at least stop the pass a little bit, although they were really sloppy against the run. This year it's all just gone away. And teams can put up yardage either pretty much at will through the air or on the ground. So Strebler having the skills with both his legs and arm could have a big day especially if he gets to go and the other tricky thing from uh, the fantasy strategy is just because a player is starting the game doesn't mean they're going to finish it so even if it shows matt matt nichols is going to be starting does he get a quarter does he get a half like that's all the unpredictability of it right and and i like what you said there with strevler at least you know he can uh, you know pound in some uh, scores from the goal line yeah, that's one of those things that pops up as kind of the next level of getting information for yourself, is if yeah. you follow some of the beat writers from these teams on Twitter, a lot of them are willing to interact with people and give them what takes they have from practices to who's not just starting, but how much expected playing time they might get. And so keeping an eye on some of those Twitter feeds this week from local reporters will give you a little bit more information, hopefully, on who's going to get how much playing time. Because it's true, there's some of the top plays, whether it's Mike Riley or Jeremiah Mazzoli that project really highly, but even if they start, they might not play the full load. You've got some other guys who are going to be in the quarterback spots, whether it's Dominic Davis for $5,000 versus mm-hmm. Toronto, if he could get a start versus Toronto for Ottawa. Even Dane Evans, if he could get the start for Hamilton versus Montreal, could put up a whole lot of points at 5K. He ran a really big air raid kind of offense in Tulsa in college and certainly knows how to spread the ball out through the air. In conversation with Ben Kramer of Daily Roto on Twitter, at Benjamin. What about Johnny Manziel? Uh, we got him in the, our, our show poll question of uh, as far as what's been the biggest surprise this year around the league. And for Johnny, it he, he, the numbers just aren't there. And sometimes if you're a casual fantasy player or you know, you're, you're listening, okay, I'll try. Hey, I know Johnny Manziel. You pop him in. He's not worth rostering right now, is he? No, that's kind of a dumpster fire that you don't even want to touch. I think that Hamilton defense, although they've given up yardage the last couple weeks to Ottawa, they've still got a lot of talent in that secondary, and they're going to be playing with at least a little bit of pride through this last week, not wanting to lose to Manziel and the Alouettes going into the playoffs. So him up over 7K with a lot of the other options, like I even mentioned Nichols in the 6K range, Mm -hmm. you got a whole lot of better options than just about every other team than looking at Johnny Manziel at this point. He might not even play the full game himself as a Antonio yeah. Pipkin came in partway through last game, too. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, now, when we look at the, the defense in the TSN-CFL fantasy game here, this, again, gets interesting because we talk about the offensive player sitting. You could also get that on the defensive side of the ball. Is there a favorite that you're looking at as far as maybe a, a value or just somebody you like on the defensive side when it comes to this final week of the regular season? I think the cheap good option for those who are looking for somebody that they can start that's going to be inexpensive is going to be the Alouettes again. Mm-hmm. Hamilton really just mushed down to nothing on offense with Brandon Banks out, and we talked about that last week, saying in the two previous games that he'd missed, the whole offense really just lagged, and we saw it again this last week versus Ottawa. Without that deep threat, everything else just comes, comes undone for their offense. So the Montreal Alouettes, having put up double-digit fantasy points pretty much every game for the last month, really look like a good 
option at 3200 If teams are looking for somebody a little bit closer to the top of the salary line that can get them a little bit more higher ceiling, the Stampeders certainly look like a team that's going to be playing for something on defense when just about nobody else will. And at only 4700 for that unit when they're sometimes up over 6 k is a relative bargain for them. Yeah, that's not bad at all. In conversation with Ben Kramer, Daily Roto, talking CFL Fantasy here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Find him on Twitter at Benjamin. Now, Ben, the CFL Fantasy game doesn't stop here at the end of the regular season. You're going to be taking us through into the postseason, too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it gets a little bit more interesting when you've only got two games in a week to try and break down. There's just about everybody is going to wind up playing some of the same players. But each week going forward, still all the way through the playoffs, we'll have information and projections up on CFL.ca and DailyRoto.com for each of your contest interests, whether it's the TSN contest or on DraftKings. So when you look at, at the playoffs, and we'll get kind of a little bit of a preview here and chat with you throughout the postseason, of course, but... When you look at those two, those those games, and it's like, okay, wow, this is really, this this is tight. This is there's not a lot of options, and you're going to get a lot of crossover. Is there, like, how do you really take advantage of those differential points? Is it finding that one that one type of sleeper, or do you have any general playoff tips when you you are so limited? I think in general, my strategies are usually to take the best players and let other people make mistakes. Hmm. I've found time and time again with CFL contests especially, people get cute. They want to think that they can pick that sleeper that no one else has. But the reality is there's enough information out there and there's so fewer players available that the top players tend to be the top plays. There's going to be times that you miss out on somebody who, like George Johnson, went for 100 yards on a bunch of receptions for minimum price last week. But if you've been speculating on George Johnson all season, that's probably not going to be a team that's winning a whole lot of games. (laughs) So try not to keep it too cute. Try and just keep it simple. Play the best plays and let math work in your favor. And just do that. You know what? That's not bad because, yeah, people are trying to outthink themselves. Sometimes you sit back, take the players, and let it, let it do its thing, right? Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, Ben, great stuff as always, buddy. Let's do it again real soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Have a good one. There he is, Ben Kramer from Daily Roto, and he's always happy to answer your CFL fantasy questions on Twitter at Ben Yemen. All right, we'll take the break. After it, CFL insider Dave Naylor. We will swing around the league, all the news and notes, getting into the last week of the regular season in the Canadian Football League. Naylor next, then Wally Buono in behind the helmet after that. Stay tuned. A lot more coming up. CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Welcome back to CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Andy McNamara with you on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMCSports. We are delivered by Domino's. Check out all the great deals at Domino's.ca. How about the loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99? Fresh toppings, pasta, boneless chicken, all the side dishes, the marbled cookie brownie for dessert, large, four toppings, any type of combo you want. Build your own. Build your own combo. It's phenomenal. Dominoes.ca, perfect for game day and anytime. Dominoes.ca. All right, let's welcome in my next guest, multiple time returning guest on CFL Weekly, one of the best in the business. It is our CFL TSN insider, Dave Naylor. 
Dave, I want to start you off with our Domino's Canada poll question today, and people can vote at AndyMC81. As the CFL regular season wraps up, which of the below has been the most surprising? And if you want to go off the board, as Twitter tends to do, you can do so. I'm not going to hold it against you. You got the mm-hmm. Argos missing the playoffs, the defending Great Cup champs not making the playoffs, the whole Manziel situation. I-, I said the trade to Montreal, but it's really the whole situation of Montreal, how this is all played out with Manziel. The Eskimos finishing last with that lineup. Or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 12 wins and currently in second with a chance to get to first in the West. Which is most surprising to you? Uh, okay, if I was going back to the start of the year, if you showed me the way, I've got, I'm, I've got to choose between the Argos, and not just missing the playoffs, but having four wins going into the final mm-hmm. week of the season, and Edmonton missing the playoffs. I, I think that the Manziel thing, we all knew that because there was a bit of a logjam at quarterback in Hamilton, that there was the possibility of a trade to Montreal. It, it's been a, an unlikely year for him, I would say. I, I wouldn't have seen this coming, but not as shocking to me as, uh, say, the you know Saskatchewan. I mean, Saskatchewan finishing first. It, I've never seen a team do it quite the way they have. Uh, uh, you know, they're they're not at all a traditional CFL. Uh, success formula in terms of how they win from week to week. But I, I, I think I got to go back to say, if you told me the Edmonton Eskimos will get 18 starts out of a healthy Mike Riley, have three of the top 15 receivers in the league and stay relatively healthy on defense this year and will miss the playoffs. That one wins for me. Yeah. That, that's absolutely bizarre. How, how Saskatchewan was able to do that. But Dave, what about, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and you talk about people doing things and teams doing things in, in different ways, not quite as, as wild or off the board as Saskatchewan had to do it, but the Bombers, how many times did we write them off? Matt Nichols calling out the crowds, he's booed. The Chris Strebler situation to start the year, everybody seeming to be on the hot seat. All of a sudden you look, they've won five straight. The defense is rock solid, and going into the playoffs, they are a contender for sure. What do you make of the Blue Bombers? Well, I, you know, I, I thought Winnipeg, I, I really liked Winnipeg at the start of the year. I thought that they had a really good offseason going into the things that they addressed, you know, adding Canadian receivers, adding Adam Big Hill. Uh, and I think they weren't that far away last year. You know, when you look at they, they lost a home playoff game after a 12-win season uh, in a close game to the Edmonton Eskimos. Um, but it was, yeah, it was awfully strange when they lost those four in a row. And I think, you know, sometimes one stat alone doesn't really – jump out at you and, and tell the whole story. But I think in the case of the Bombers, there is a stat that kind of explains a lot of what happened, and that's simply turnovers. I mean, you look at that four-game stretch that the Bombers lost uh, in between, uh, you know, in the month of September around that. They, they turned, Matt Nichols had eight interceptions in those four games. And, you know, I think he had eight all of last year. So, you know, you look at the, the way that happened. Since they've come back, and now won five in a row. I think he's thrown one in the five games. So okay, you give me a four-game stretch where a guy, where your quarterback throws eight interceptions, and you give me a five-game stretch where he shows where he throws one. <laughs> I'll show you a four-game losing streak and a five-game winning streak. And I, I mean, I, I don't mean to oversimplify it. And and I think sometimes we, you know, the the game gets boiled down too much to well, it all comes down to quarterback play, and that's who wins. Well, again, back to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Have a look at that team, mm-hmm. and and that's a there's, there's a there's a myth that's shattered there. But I do believe in the case of the Bombers, it had so much to do with the quarterback and ball security, and and look, that's an important ingredient for that team. I mean, part of the formula for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers is counting on a quarterback who's 
one of his signatures in his career has been ball security. Yep. And when it got away from him, you know, it got away from the Bombers. Yeah, and that was really the formula. And Matt Nichols, remember last year, of course, right? That was mm. his first full off season as a starter through camp, and we didn't really know what to expect. And and we saw him develop and grow. And as you said, Dave, a big part of that was ball security. And as he had the injury and, and kind of fumbled around, but now that he's he's clicking, it looks like he's back. And that defense, as we said, is just just so good. Where do you put them as far as true contenders in the West? Because as you said too. Man, Saskatchewan, it's unpredictable. Like, I, don't, I don't know. They could put up zero points. They could put up 40 and run three pick sixes. I don't know. Like, wh- wh- what do you well, make of them? <laughs> well, all things being equal, I think the Bombers might be the best team in the league right now. And by that, and when I say all things being equal, I mean factoring in things that are going on in the league right now like injuries. Like I think a healthy right, Calgary Stampeder right. team is, is still better than the, than the Bombers are right now. But, the, but Calgary's not healthy. You know, and Winnipeg is healthier than most teams in the league, at least when it comes to key players. Now, the, the tricky now, does that make them Grey Cup favorites? you got to factor in that they got to go on the road, either to Saskatchewan and then Calgary, or on the road to Calgary and then Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. You know, the Stamps have been you know, a juggernaut at home for the last five years. Uh, they've lost two in a row at home. Do you think they're going to lose three in a row at home? Um, you know, I, I don't know if you believe in that kind of, kind of you know, the, yeah. the unlikelihood of something like that or whether each game is, you know, on its own individual. But, you know, that it, it does seem that, that that's, you know, that's going to be a challenge. So, you know, Saskatchewan in that building at home with the formula that they can oh. play, that's a challenge. So that's the only reason I wouldn't pick Winnipeg to come out of the West right now is just they're going to have to go on the road and win two games against two very good teams at two very tough places to play. And, and, you know, that's, that's the, really the challenge that's before them. In conversation with Dave Naylor, TSN CFL insider. Dave, you mentioned Calgary. And it seems like we're seeing the same tale, what, the past three years. Great regular season. Near the end, they kind of stumble. This year, you got the injuries. And then, ultimately, they can't pull out the big one. Does anything seem different to you about the Stampeders team this year compared to the last couple? Well, it just, I guess the big thing is just that this year it, it's so – easy to attribute it to injuries. I mean, they've had injuries at other positions, you know, along uh, the line of scrimmage in the past years and been able to overcome those. But this year, so much of it seems like it's, you know, they've got four great receivers that are, that are out. And they've, they're deep. We've seen, you know, some, some impressive play from some guys who've been pushed into the lineup over the last few weeks. But, you know, you look at their games. It's not like they're getting blown out. You know, they struggled to beat, uh, they struggled to beat Montreal. You know, and then they lose to Saskatchewan, you know, again, tight game. They lose to BC, tight game. So I think it's easy to see that, the, you know, the difference between wins and losses right now for Calgary are the fact that they are, you know, down at receiver. That's putting a little more pressure on the defense. You know, they're not way out in front of everybody like they were during the first six, eight weeks of the season. You know, I think the whole pack has come tighter. You know, Calgary's not heads and tails better than everybody else, and Montreal's not heads and tails worse than everybody else mm-hmm. like they were during the first month of the season where the gap was much larger, you know, teams have kind of come back to the center. And, you know, I think when you look at what the Stampeders have done, you know, in their last, in their three losses here, these are all games where you could pick two, three, four plays and it's a completely different result. So, you know, that, that's what I see. And and I think in in previous years, it was hard for them to be motivated. I think there's still a degree of that. I mean, when you play such a long season, 
you know, to get to a great cup and then you fire yourself up at the start of the year again to do it. I think there is a, a, inevitably a, a, you know, an element of that that creeps into you, it, it, even though because it did look like they were home and cooled out in first place, you know, say a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's really the thing. I, I can't say Bo Levi Mitchell's played poorly, but I don't think he's played his best. Uh, you know, I, I don't think their defense has played poorly necessarily, but I don't think it's played as fast. Just everything's kind of, you know, come off its mark a little bit, and then you throw in the injuries, and I think that's what you get with your stamps right now. And that's going to make for an exciting playoffs. Uh, Dave, you tweeted out, uh, TSN Dave Naylor, uh, your article on TSN.ca about Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, uh, Ambrosi apologizing for handling of the hit on Zach Caleros. Tell us a little bit about that. And it's uh, not every day you see a commissioner coming out midseason and making a public apology. <laughs> well, I'm told that when Randy Ambrosi got to the office on Monday, he was, um, well, shall we say that I'm not sure his staff had ever seen him quite like that. Oh, <laughs> I oh. mean, I, I really, you know, this is, this is a few things. And, and all joking aside, this commissioner has made player safety a priority. You know, he believes in excellence and the league, you know, operating at high standards. So what we saw on Saturday was kind of the worst of all worlds for him. You've got, you know, a prominent player injured, you know, in what would seem to be obvious that he should have been taken off the field on a play that was not flagged. The guy has to leave the game. It's a player with a concussion history. The league was a little slow at kind of addressing its own issues. Uh, you know, all those things. So, so uh, you know, the commissioner was upset with what happened on the field. He was upset what happened off the field. And it all had to do with an issue that he considers, you know, of the utmost importance. So, you know, that I think is why he went to such extremes. You know, they posted, the league posted a letter from Randy Ambrosi to the fans on his website Monday night. And as I say, he addressed in the letter to his governors an apology for the way the league had handled that whole situation. And, uh, you know, they're going to review protocols and responsibilities and points of emphasis with concussion spotters. They're going to do that with game officials. You know, they were already, you know, studying why so many of these head hits after the quarterback releasing the ball seem not to be being flagged this year. I mean, when I say so many, I just mean, you know, there's, you know, a handful of plays where, Anybody watching the game would seem to notice that the quarterback got plugged by a head-to-head hit after the ball was gone. But for some reason, the officials didn't see it. Either they were blocked in their view or the quarterback was running away from them. But they were already discussing, you know, this as an issue uh, in the league before the Caleros hit. So, yeah, I think anybody who doesn't understand how troubling and upset this was, uh, upset this made the commissioner, um, I can assure you, and I spoke to him yesterday, you know, he was still uh, he was still breathing hard. I think at the end of the day, based on what he'd seen on Saturday night. Well, it's it's nice, Dave, that it's not lip service, right? You see other leagues, player safety, play, but it's you know, is it is it how big of a priority is it for this commissioner? It's tops, like it's legit. There's no there's no fluff here. No, I, I think look, I think the idea of intent and execution. I, I give Randy Ambrosi you know high marks on intent, but on execution, obviously his league the league that he is responsible for has some issues because there have been, you know, multiple instances this year where, you know, a player should have been flagged. Uh, like, and there have been other play, uh, instances, this is just my own opinion, there have been incidents this year where, you know, I thought a player probably was stunned enough to come out of a game, uh, you know, based on the, the mandate given by to a concussion spotter and players didn't come out of a game. I can't say where I'm right or wrong. I just say that, you know, personally, I, I thought there were some that were very close to that line. Mm. So, you know, his, I think on the intent scale, you're right. It is highly important to him. But on the execution scale, and this is where I think he, you know, launched into action yesterday to try to do something about this. Uh, you know, the, the league has has some ways to go. And look, it's not just altruistic. 
in this state. And although I believe that, you know, Randy Ambrosi legitimately cares about the health of the players, you know, as the commissioner of a professional football league in this day and age, if you're not making this a priority, even from your self-interest, you know, there's something wrong because the sport is under attack, you know, and, you know, you've got to, you've got to make it, uh, a game that players can play safely if for no other reason than to ensure the next generation of players. Yeah, and so I, I think he understands how important this is, you know, both for the health of the players and for the health of the league. Very good, Dave. Thank you so much. Always appreciate the time. My pleasure, Andy. There he goes, Dave Naylor, CFL Insider. A must follow. Must follow on Twitter at TSN Dave Naylor at TSN Dave Naylor. We'll take the break. And revisit a behind the helmet with Wally Buono in his last season as head coach in the CFL, all time winning a CFL coach. Wally Buono is BC Lions, an up and down season, but they made the playoffs. They're getting to the crossover. We're going to chat with Wally Buono next here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Regular season finale of a TSN CFL Weekly, Canada-wide across the TSN radio network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. But don't worry, folks, we're not done. No, 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 no. We're not done yet. We are taking you right through to the Grey Cup and then a season finale show after a champion is crowned. So this is just getting interesting in one of the craziest, most unpredictable CFL seasons in recent memory. And you know we're delivered by Domino's. Hey, last week of the regular season, go get yourself some Domino's pizza or during the week if you're busy, you just want some great food, whatever. Go to Domino's.ca, check out all the great carryout and delivery orders. Marbled cookie, brownie for dessert, pasta, boneless chicken, loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. It's all there. Go to Domino's.ca. That's Domino's.ca. On our Twitter poll, at AndyMC81, question was, as the CFL regular season wraps up, which of the below has been the most surprising? Has it been? The Argos missing the playoffs, so the defending Grey Cup champs not even getting back to the postseason. The Manziel trade to Montreal and how that whole Johnny Manziel scenario has played out. The Eskimos finishing in last with that rock-solid loaded roster finishing last in the West. Was that the most surprising, or was it the 12 wins and, as of right now, second place for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? And uh, they're idle this week, so if Calgary loses... The Rough Riders finish first, which I just find insane. I think for me, if it was looking at after how the season started, it would be the Rough Riders. It would. And Eskimos are the leader in the clubhouse. That That is obviously shocking, but I think almost equally shocking is that Saskatchewan, with how they began the Deron Carter thing, Caleros in and out of the lineup, just the unique ways they have found to win. And just when Chris Jones looks like he's on the, the cusp of losing the locker room, losing the team, losing everything, he wins. And he's got 12 wins. That's almost equally as surprising to me as the Eskimos finishing last. Uh, that is the leader in the clubhouse, though. You can vote at AndyMC81. Now, I wanted to revisit this special behind the helmet from earlier in the year. Wally Buono entering his last season as a CFL coach. He's hanging it up 23 years 266 wins, five Grey Cups, winningest coach in CFL history. Dude is an absolute legend. He's seen it all. And we sat down with him 
uh, earlier in the year and, and got, got to know Wally a little bit. And I think it's important with one of the all-time greats. When you have greatness in front of you and it's there, you have to appreciate it. So that's why I wanted to get out of this. And here's my conversation with Mr. Wally Buono. Enjoy. Special behind the helmet, I guess behind the headset here, with the winningest coach in CFL history, five Grey Cups, over 260 wins, Mr. Wally Buono of the BC Lions. Wally, how are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, just uh, getting ready for another game this uh, this weekend, and obviously now with the season on its way, it's uh, every week you got something to look forward to. Absolutely. So this is this is it for you. You've determined this is the last season, the last training camp, the last everything for you. What ultimately led you to think, okay, after all these years, all those wins, all those championships, that this was it? Well, you know, this is something that, uh, you know, I had talked, you know, with David about for a number of years. And, you know, actually I was supposed to retire uh, last year, but then, uh, you know, David decided to not sell the club. And then we sat down and discussed, you know, what my future was going to be. And David wanted me to be part of the plan to, you know, have a succession uh, in-house. And, you know, we went through all of that and uh, we, you know, came to the conclusion, or at least I did, that, this was going to be my last uh, year of coaching. Is there anything different for you this year, knowing this is the final time you go through everything? Are you savoring things a little bit more, or is it business as usual, or, or is there anything different about this year? No, actually, you know, it's been business as usual, and I think if, if it's not, you know, then obviously you should have got out. Uh, right. You know, for me, every game, every week, you know, is about, um, you know, winning that game, getting the team prepared, making sure that you pick your best roster to do. And, you know, obviously uh, as you get towards the end of the season and, uh, you know, whether this is um, – the last game, the last playoff game, or the Grey Cup game, you know, I think that time you're going to have maybe a little bit more uh, reflection. But right now, with so many games ahead of us and the grind of the 2018 football season, you got to stay focused on what's important, and that's winning your next game. So, Wally, with with the championships and all the wins, it'd be ridiculous to say which Grey Cup meant the most to you or or, or uh, the biggest. It's going to be 2018. There you go, baby. <laughs> all right, go on. Up. <laughs> I love it. Go on, on top. But is there is there something you look back on and think? Because again, you, you've played the game, you coached the game, you, you've been a front office guy. Like, is there anything you feel that you haven't done that you would have liked to have done? No, I, I you know, honestly, I. I you know, I've done what I wanted to do. I've been asked, you know, maybe to take on other positions, and I've said no because I don't believe, you know, that's where my strengths lie. But, uh, you know, when you look at the three components, you know, I've been a player, I've been a head coach, and I've been a general manager. And, you know, I think when you look at football, you know, that's really the only three things, uh, you know, I've uh, really had a passion to do, and I believe I have – a strength to do it. The other administrative stuff, the business stuff, you know, that's not where I, you know where I, I live, and that's not something that I was interested in. So, Wally, if you had your players, if we were to ask your players, describe, and, and let's assume this is next year when you can't punish them for, <laughs> for, for anything. <laughs> well, I don't ever, see, that's the thing. I don't punish players. Right. I, I just help them to improve. Exactly. So, so let's say they're, it's next year. You, you're not overseeing them. How do you think they would describe you as a coach, as a guy, as a mentor? Well, you know what? I, I, I hope that they would say that, uh, you know, I was upfront and honest. Uh, I was direct and to the point. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I always cared for the players. But yet, 
you know, as a coach, uh, you cannot be a player's friend because, you know, mm-hmm. there's got to be a distinction. But I've always believed you could be very, very friendly, you know, with the players. And, uh, you know, it's a fine line that you walk. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's the players that are between the white lines playing the games that win games for you. So when, you know, they say I'm the winningest coach, I always say I've been on the winningest teams because the teams put the wins, you know, by your name. What's tougher to coach, a veteran-laden team or a young rookie team? <laughs> well, you know what? Well, the toughest uh, t- uh, team to coach is the one that won't listen and one that doesn't want to pay the price to win. Mm-hmm. I think you can win with both, and I've won with both. And, uh, you know, if you have a veteran team and uh, they're not on the same page as you or they're not buying into what you're selling, it's very, very difficult. Uh, you know, with young players, uh, you know, usually not them buying into it, just them not knowing you know, what it takes to win and what it takes to win a championship. So, you know, they both have their challenges, but at the end of the day, you know, if you had your brothers, you'd love to have a a veteran-laden team with, you know, a handful of young guys to add some energy and some juice. In conversation with Wally Buono, winningest coach in CFL history, final season with the BC Lions as the bench boss there on the sidelines. Now, why? Let's uh, a couple questions here so the fans can get to know you kind of on the way out and, and kind of some personal stuff about you. So let's say end of the year, uh, you know, you're hosting, hoisting the Grey Cup, as you said, right? That's the goal. And Mr. Braley, the owner, says, Wally, blank check, buddy. You go anywhere in the world. Your retirement gift, go anywhere <laughs> you want. Where are you headed? Well, you know what? I'm headed where uh, two places I would have to really consider. Two places uh, I've always enjoyed going. One is where I was born, and that's in Italy. And then two in Hawaii, where mm-hmm. we've taken uh, you know so many family vacations. And part of when I became, became head coach is I told my wife that we would always do a family vacation in Hawaii, no matter the cost, because at the end of it, you have to invest in your family. Uh, well, I've been there twice myself. I am totally with you on Hawaii. Is there a favorite island, a favorite spot that you go to? Well, you know what? We uh, used to go to Oahu because a good friend of mine, Junior Ayu, used to be there. But then as we got kids, we moved into Maui because Maui's more uh, family-friendly. Yeah. And, you know, I would say in the last 20-some-odd years, uh, we've been going to Maui. And uh, it's a great place to bring your kids, bring your family, and, you know, just kick back after a long season. And finally here, Wally, something that, that people might not know about you that you like to do when you're away from football. You're not studying tape. You're not going over playbooks. You're, you're downtime. What do you like to do for a hobby or just to relax? Well, you know what? The thing I like to do, and, uh, you know, uh, my son took the same passion as I have because Michael, my son, just opened a new uh, restaurant in Gibson, and it's called nice. uh, Buono Astoria. You know, I, I really enjoy cooking. I really enjoy, uh, you know, making good food, and that's something that I grew up with, and I've always had that passion, and uh, my son's taken that, and, uh, you know, now he is an owner of a restaurant, and uh, so far he's doing good. Beautiful. Well, Wally, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the season. And for all CFL fans, thank you so much for all the great memories. Well, thank you, guys. I just want to say to thank you to all the fans across the Canadian Football League, you know, whether it's Montreal or to Vancouver. Uh, it's been a great delight to, uh, you know, to be uh, in the business of football. Uh, I've had a lot of great, great memories and great experiences. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, some, some stadiums love you more than others. <laughs> I bet. Oh, Wally, thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Okay. Have a good day, bud.
All right, so there you go, folks. Wally Buono in a special behind the helmet. Remember, our coverage continues into the playoffs, throughout the playoffs. Grey Cup, host Grey Cup, all on CFL Weekly on the TSN Radio Network. And if you missed any of the show, you can get us on iTunes. You can go on the show page of your local TSN radio station. Just go to shows, scroll down. You'll see the CFL Weekly Show, or again, I'll post it on Twitter at AndyMC81, so you can check that out right there. Uh, let's do quick game predictions for the final week of the season. Argos, Ottawa. This is always tricky because everyone's going to be resting everybody if you're Ottawa. So I'm going to say Argos with an upset to finish the year. Winnipeg, Edmonton. Give me the Eskies at home to finish strong. Montreal, Hamilton. Go with the Ticats. And Calgary, BC. Calgary's playing for something. I'm going to go with, I, I think Calgary pulls it out. I think they say enough is enough. We're going to go into the postseason strong. So give me the stamps against the Lions. There you go, folks. Last week of the regular season, playoff edition of CFL Weekly comes next week. Can't wait for that. You've been listening to CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.